everybody. Welcome to episode 13, lucky number 13 for uh, the Weekly Nightly Podcast as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. And I'm AJ. I am Carlo. Hey guys, this is Eric. And I'm Dave. So, uh, no no new Stanley Cup announcements this week. So that means we're officially full on in the offseason. So lots of crazy stuff happened since last time we talked. We saw the, the draft go through. can talk about some of that. Um, we'll also be talking about Lots of uh, trade rumors that have been coming up recently, so it's going to be an interesting uh, conversation tonight. So we're recording this, just FYI for everybody out there, at uh, 7 o'clock p.m. on October 11th. It's a Sunday, so haven't heard anything about Petrangelo yet, but who knows what will happen while we're on this uh, <laughs> this recording. So might hear something by the end of it. We'll never know. Um, I mean... Someone, uh, I forgot who just tweeted, says that it was probably going to take a few, another few days. That's what they say yep. every day. And, and it wasn't from somebody that was like, it was an NHL network guy, right? The, yeah. So. It, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not one of the ones that's like, that's close to, to Petrangelo. So kind of to, to go through the, the, the weekend, I guess. Do we want to start there? Do we want to start on Petrangelo or do we want to start somewhere else? Uh, let, not, I feel we, like, go ahead. Sorry. Why don't we recap the, the draft picks real quick first? Um, yeah, because um, I feel like this is going to be really quick if it's a draft pick because we're, none of us are draft prospect people. And we're just going to recap it and then we can talk, we can spend the rest of the uh, podcast on the whole Petriangelo thing because I feel like that's going to take a lot of time. And if you just get in that rabbit hole, we're just going to forget about the draft. Okay, so okay, so let's start with the draft that was, what was it, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? It was Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, Tuesday, Tuesday Wednesday. Wednesday. I'm already yeah. having a hard time. Uh, remembering, remembering what it was. So I'll pull like the, so the draft uh, board up for us right now. So Vegas did not make any trades in the first round or of their first round pick, which was kind of rumored out there that if they were going to move. So just going through the draft at 29, they took a versatile player. He can play all three forward positions, but for the most part, he projects to be a, a center at the next level. Uh, mm-hmm. Brendan Br- uh, Brisson. Brisson. Now his father, the interesting thing about that is his father is the most, I mean, he is, I mean, it's not arguably, he has the most contracts. He is the most influential NHL player agent out there. Like he has just built a huge stable. He's got what Golden Knights players do they have? They have Marcheseau, 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 yeah. But he French also Canadians. has he has Sidney Crosby. He has um, Nathan McKinnon. Uh, McKinnon, yeah. So yeah. Uh, Brendan grew up with all these high level elite players coming over to his house in the summer to train. They live in uh, California, Southern California. I don't know if it's Newport Beach or whatever. Um, so they come over and train and just give them pointers and stuff like that. Obviously. Yeah, he was going to probably want to play hockey, but who knows? He didn't come from an athletic family by any stretch of the imagination. But he uh, he picked it all up, and, and he's playing currently. Uh, last year he was in the USHL for the um, Chicago, Chicago Steel. Chicago Chicago Steel. Steel. And now he's uh, committed to the University of Michigan. He's currently at University of Michigan, so whenever that season starts, he'll get to be playing. Um, he also plays for the National Development Program, so they're having a um, – what would it be uh, group right now of, of them all together? Uh, so yeah. we'll see if there's any 
World Juniors or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I heard in one interview he's currently trying out for the World Juniors. Okay. And I think he he will make it. Uh, some there are some scouts that project him to be a to to have a potential of a first line center, which is like that's really good for a number 29th pick. Like, yeah. No. Corey Pronman, who is uh, writes for the Athletic, he ha- he's probably one of the better prospect writers out there. Had him at number 15 on his board, uh, but some of the other ones were kind of that 20 to 25 range. So he he definitely was a great value pick, and I think him being there made the Golden Knights make that selection rather than trading it. Yeah, I think I was, they, they were able to, to realize they projected him in the talks that Kelly McCrimmon has had. They, they projected him much higher. He was high on their board. Um, I thought the inter- most interesting thing about that was the pick that went directly before them, Yeah, which was uh, Riley Gregg, who was projected to be a Golden Knight just because of all the connections. He plays for the Brandon Wheat Kings, who Kelly McCrimmon owns. So... But I would have been really curious if they were both select if they were both sitting there who they selected. So I'm glad it didn't come down to that because I would I prefer uh, Brisson. I think he has more talent, more upside. Whereas I think Riley Gregg is just kind of like going to be a third line, fourth line center, going to kind of lean on you and grind you. So yeah, I don't know if you've watched any of the highlights for Brisson, but uh, his uh, one timer is ridiculous. This guy's a shooter. You know, and we needed that too because we don't have any of that Definitely. In, in our prospect pool. Because a lot of like Elvinus, Dugan, they're all kind of like playmakers and stuff, even Glass and Krebs. Uh, Brisson is a straight out shooter, he's a straight out scorer, and we kind of needed that desperately. And and it's a, I think it's such a great pick. So I'm yeah. pretty happy with this pick. Too. No, I, I, I think I uh, just put, I, I, we were talking about it before, just talking about what kind of prospects we think i think he probably slots into our fourth best prospect if you can still still consider uh hey and glass pro- yeah. prospects i still do because they haven't played enough in, in nhl games um but i think it's then crabs and i think brisson jumps above elvinus dugan i think he has a higher ceiling now is he going to get to the nhl quicker no god no but he does definitely have a higher ceiling than either of those two same thing with uh debilitory i mean a lot of the other prospects that we have just don't have that high ceiling that, that Brisson has. So, yeah. Everything I've read about him, he says he just needs to get stronger and be a little bit more aggressive in the middle of the ice. Yeah, so um, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I say. A lot of the prospects need to get stronger. Not everybody's NHL ready. He's uh, he's a little tiny. I think he's like 170 pounds right now, so obviously he's not going to be ready. I put 11, 179. Yeah, 179. So obviously he's only, what, 18 years old. Has a lot of time to fill in. I don't know. I haven't ever followed it too much, but I mean, what are you talking? Five prospects a year go directly from being drafted to being in the league. I mean, last year, who was it? It was Hughes, Doc, and Kako, Mm -hmm. who were the top three. I don't know that anybody else played directly. And of those three, I can recall. Of those three, which ones did well? Doc was the only one. Hughes Hughes showed flashes, but he, he wasn't any good. He was playing on a bad team. And, um, Kako might have legitimately had like that he shouldn't have been there. He, it was like the year before when Montreal tried to put uh, Yesperi um, Kakanyemi directly into the into the league. He did not do well. He needed to go to AHL. Then he did. Now you saw him come back up and play well. Um, Kako should not have been in the league last year. I, I don't think he. I thought he had an atrocious year. 
Yeah, so what, what I think that Vegas does or has done really well the last couple of drafts, um, and this is obviously just a personal opinion, but I think they, they've picked the best available player at the place that they, at, mm-hmm. at the pick that they had. Like, I mean, you look at Krebs and, and there was other teams afraid to pick him because of the Achilles injury, and that's going to turn out to end up that Vegas basically picked a top 10 pick that way. Same yeah. thing I think happened this year because of uh, Brisson's kind of slow development over the past few seasons. It sounds like there's a lot of people that are really high on him, but they there's some that are like, well, what if he fizzles out or what if it doesn't translate to the NHL? But that's the case with like anybody. So I, I was actually surprised that he didn't go a little bit higher. Um, there was, good for us. There, there was also uh, – I heard some interviews and stuff because I was listening. There's a lot of stuff to talk after – uh, that some teams passed on him because they didn't want to deal with his dad because of the agent and stuff. Yeah. I don't know how true that is, but I, I can see that because, you know, he's his son, so he, he gets a little kind of special treatment. Well, I mean, yeah. it, it, I mean it's happened for in other sports as well, too, and in hockey where people just don't want to deal with certain agents. So you got to put yeah. that as a small well, well, we know which agent that they don't want to deal with. So let's be honest. They're, they're fine <laughs> yeah. with on comparatively. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, only, there's only one. Okay, so going back through the draft then, so Vegas did not have a second-round pick. Um, they – I don't know which deal it was traded for, but it was either Martinez or – This is the Gusev. Uh, that was Detroit uh, one. Or, oh, yeah. Oh, for the uh, for the second round? It's the Martinez trade. Yeah, so, so they traded it away, so they didn't have a second-round pick. So they did have a third-round pick, which was the New Jersey, Jersey. Devils, the Gusev. The Gusev one, yeah. So it was early in the third round, number 68, so essentially kind of like a late first. Um, so not that big of a deal. Late second. They, late second, sorry. Uh, they took Lucas uh, Cormier. Out of he played in the QMJHL, so he's a D. Charlotte, yeah, the Charlotte uh, Charlottetown Islanders. So, same thing, another another good pick. Um, Corey Pronman had him in in the mid forties. There was one other player that was a little bit higher when it comes to Demon that was projected a little higher. But if you start reading the scouting profiles on him, um, Cormier fits more what Vegas wants to do, which is the puck moving D man. The quarterback, quarterback, a power play, stuff like that. So I think he he fits. Now he's he'll be two years junior, then AHL, then NHL. So he, he's down the road. Um, and then but, what's really interesting about this pick though is that uh, the the Q, uh, QMJHL already started their season, and uh, Cormier actually leads the league in points. With like I, I think it's only like five games though, but as a defenseman, he's leading it currently right now. Like. Uh, it's a that's crazy yeah yeah so and, he's definitely definitely had a good start um our buddy jack manning has uh posted some some highlights so go follow him at nhl jack manning and he has a lot of uh highlights and prospect stuff up already so i that's that's a good pick i think i mean once again third round pick so that could it work out to something um then quickly kind of going through the rest the interesting one to me was uh at our third round pick, number 91, we took Jackson Hallam. So he's, uh, I don't know, Carlo, I'll let you take this one because you you love who he, who he, uh, <laughs> yeah. he likes to mold his game after. It's funny because, like, uh, in his interview, uh, he's the – some I, I forgot which interview. I think it was with the Golden Knights. I think it was with uh, Gar- uh, Gary Lawless when he says, like, he was asked, like, what, who do you model your, your game to? And he said, uh, Connor McDavid. And I'm like, of course, I, I run with it because it's me. But obviously, I'm like, yeah, c- calm down, buddy. It's and then Jack Manning posted that tweet that said because 
the thing I love about Jack Wings, which and you should give him a follow, is he does scout and watch all these games with the kids and he evaluates them and he posted something how how fast Jackson Hollum is and how like how fast he plays while being fast at the same time. And I'm like, oh shit, that's Connor McDavid. I don't think he's gonna be Connor McDavid because that's well, asking a lot for the kid, but that kind of really gets me excited. You know, it's is a fast guy. I don't know. I, I I don't know how he projects, but so so the, for him. so the one thing that that I find really interesting. So at ninety one, there were still some some good players available, um, at least decent players that projected to to probably be able to to get into the uh, into the league. Brandon Coe, who went a couple picks later to San Jose, um, Pitlick, who, who went as well. Um, and then there was one other, but the thing about Hallam that we need to, to kind of calm down on is he's on the same developmental path that Brennan Brisson's on only he's a year behind because they're two months different in age, but because of where they are, the, the birthday cutoff Hallam was eligible for this draft where, so he's a young draft pick where Brisson's kind of, what would we consider an older draft pick? Yeah. Next so, year they're going to be teammates in, Michigan too, because yeah. So this year, um, yep. Hallam's playing at USHL, uh, which for, for the Green Bay Gamblers, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then next year he'll be at Michigan. So yeah, they were in the same draft, but they're going to be a year apart when it comes to to development. So if you would have nice. looked at last year when Brendan Brisson would have been picked, would he have been picked in the in the third round or later? Look how much he developed in that year. Now he was a first round pick. So I think Hallam can kind of have that same trajectory and- if he develops well. And you gotta uh, remember. Oh no, the, the this is the wrong pick. Never mind. Oh, and it's not like we have to worry about signing these guys anytime soon. They're gonna yeah, spend yeah, yeah. a couple of years in Michigan, so we don't have to worry about the whole signing thing at all. Yep. So I mean, and then just maybe Brisson, two years, maybe. Yeah, I think if, I think Brisson, yeah, probably two. I think he's two years, and then we sign him, and then he can come in and kind of be like Kale McCarr, come in for that um, playoff playoff run, run if you want to play him, depending on on how good he yeah. is. And then to quickly just wrap up the draft so then we can get to the rest of the news, uh, they traded next year's fourth-round pick for um, a f- the first pick of the fifth round this year. So essentially it's going to be a similar pick, uh, which was for a goalie, Jesper goalie. Vickman. Yeah. Um, you can't apparently, really tell you a lot about that because nobody had him on, on the board, so who knows yeah. about that one. Apparently they really like him, though, apparently. But, they, uh, they sent scouts and stuff over there. There's like one scout. They went to go see him, and then they called everybody else to go look at him, and they really liked him. Like, and um, like I said, he he wasn't on every, uh, everybody's board, but they're happy that he wasn't because they could just grab him. And and goalies need to get another goalie in the system anyway. I was gonna say goalies are like backup quarterbacks. NFL draft every year you draft a quarterback. Goalies are the same thing. If you, you got seven picks, you're taking one of them on a goalie. Just every single year, you just have to do that. Um, and then the last two picks, uh, D-Man, Noah Ellis, couldn't tell you much about him. Yep. Uh, that was pick 184. But the last pick of the uh, – of That's the, very, it's an interesting one. Yeah. It's a very interesting one. So Maxime uh, – what is that, Marshev? Marshev. So what's interesting about him is I think he was probably third-year draft eligible. He's yeah, already he's 21, 21 years old. Yeah, so he's 21 years old. He can essentially sign – as soon as the KHL season ends, if he wants to come over and be in the AHL. Um, so he's, he's as old as some of our draft picks from the 2017 draft. Essentially. Yeah. He's, he's as old like as Cody glass. glass. Yeah. Yeah. He's Cody glass's age. So I don't know what they liked about him, but, but they drafted him. He's 
played uh, this season already, seven games in the KHL. Doesn't and have I a whole heard, lot to show for it, but he's been playing in the level below and doing well. I heard that uh, he's willing to come over to North America after this season too, so that's good. Good. So yeah. that'll be something something to watch. He's a uh, he's a forward as well. Uh, he projects as a center, so that kind yeah. of wraps up wraps up the draft. They did, like I said, what's, make the one one trade, so they had six picks instead of the five that they went into. Um, what's interesting to me though is we drafted a lot of uh, Americans this uh, draft. We drafted three, and then one one each from Canada, Sweden, and Russia. I was really surprised um, about the lack of CHL picks. They only took the, yeah. the first one or the third round pick um, QMJHL. The rest were, were none from, and they are very heavy on the, the CHL. So I um, was kind of interested in that. So that kind of wraps up the draft. Any other last thoughts, Dave or AJ yeah. or Carlo? No, I, I won't have much until, you know, I, I see him play when, you know, and anything. So I haven't, I don't know anything about these guys except for Brisson a little bit, but so I don't have much to say about them. Yeah, I, I'm not. I, I haven't really followed that super closely. Um, but yeah, so so let's move on to the other craziness of the offseason with free agents, trades, and stuff. And first thing I want to do is is you know just put it out there that everybody on Twitter needs to understand that there is a whole offseason rule on being able to go 10% over the cap. <laughs> people forgot that all of a sudden today mostly people fans of other teams are like no they can't have these players because they're they go over the cap it's like no guys if that it's if that's how it worked then everybody would get in trouble because that happens yeah. like daily during the offseason i only had one person when i reminded them of that say it's like well they got to uh, get rid of somebody anyway it's like yeah we know that but we don't have to worry about that this exact second yeah, it's not impossible, like everybody's saying. So the only thing, the only other thing to, to piggyback on what AJ is saying that I would caution people on is wait until everything's done, right? So right now, Vegas absolutely lost the first trade they made. So they moved Stasny out. They got a fourth round pick and uh, AHL defenseman back. So that is a terrible trade if you just look at it, what team got better, right? Vegas traded That's the second line though. center. I understand that, but it has to clear cap space. So when they trade Nate Schmidt, which is clearly going to happen, right? Or when they trade another forward or when they trade another D-man or when they trade one of their goalies, only be flurry, but still, if they trade, you have to wait until it all, until the whole picture is there, right? Only looking at a corner of it going, oh, that's an ugly picture. Wait till you can see it all. That's, that's, that would be my advice to the fans out there. Yeah. So – so yeah, Stastny went to went to Winnipeg for Dahlstrom and a fourth. That's kind of conditional. Um, it's interesting. They're they're basically protecting it from if the season's canceled by saying that Stastny they have to play five games. Five, yeah, five games. Wow, um, which isn't stupid from from Winnipeg's perspective. By yeah, any, from, uh, from, from, absolutely. Yeah. If 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 you get Vegas to agree to that, absolutely. Why not do it? Because not that it's likely that the season gets canceled, but. If it does, hey, you got you already lost a year of the player, so why should you give anything up? Did you guys yeah, exactly. see uh, Foley's interview with uh, the Review Journal and how he was saying he thinks that it's not going to be a full eighty-two game season? Yeah, he he came out and said yep. February first, and he thinks forty-six to fifty-eight or forty-eight to fifty-six somewhere in there, whatever it was. And I wouldn't doubt if the schedule's just uh, Western Conference only and Eastern Conference only either. 
Yeah, they that reminds that me. Of, yeah, that reminds me of the lockout schedule. So, yeah. so there's a couple things that you have to have to look at here. So, the main rights holder for the NHL playoffs is uh, NBC. Mm-hmm. Next year, NBC has the rights to the Olympics again because they are going to have the Olympics next summer. They canceled them this year, moving them back a year. So, there is zero chance that the NHL will go and be playing games after like June 20th. I think that's when the Olympics start. So you have to be done by that point. So typically they're done by like the middle of June. So you have to have your playoffs start, even if you want to go condensed schedule, you have to have them start last week of April at the very latest. So you get like two extra weeks on a schedule, but you're losing October, November, December, and probably most of January. So your schedule cannot be 82 games unless they're just playing back-to-backs every night. Yeah, and, and which is ridiculous. Like, and he was saying like he expects it to be at least four games a week consistently throughout the entire schedule. So, I mean, that, that, that was his justification for saying that he wants to keep Flurry on the roster. But he also said that it's not his decision. It's the decision of, Kelly McCrimmon and Jordan Fee, which I, I respect him saying all of that. I mean, I, I appreciate him at least coming out and saying he doesn't think it's going to be 82 games. I think that was an interesting thing to come out and say, because he might know a little bit more than we do, but he's also he's the owner of an NHL team. He absolutely knows more than we do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but also to, to add to that, there may be a little bit of bias in what he's saying, because he's also very hopeful. It sounds like that number of games is somewhere around the break even point on the money to fund Vegas as a team every season. He said 40% occupancy too. He said you yep, need 40% he so. occupancy. So, so there's a lot of things at, at, at play. I mean, I think this one year is going to, going to hurt a lot of the teams out there, including Vegas, but then it'll, it'll have to start picking back up. So what, a, um, you, before we move on, do you guys think that any teams could potentially completely fold? No, no, no chance. No chance. I no, they're going to relocate. They're going to relocate before they fold. Yep. Well, well, that's what I do mean. I mean, the ownership structure today of any teams. Uh, your ones that were in the most trouble uh, just sold. That was uh, Arizona. So, yeah. The, the, yeah, the new guy definitely is going to be in some issues because he's mainly in hospitality. But when it comes to, to you just spent all that money, you, you're not just going to fold it under. So I don't, I don't uh, think many teams are in financial uh, hardship. Yeah, Flo- Florida might maybe because of their – previous attendance but i i doubt that it's going to be that big of a trouble what about buffalo i heard things about that. no buffalo buffalo loves their hockey uh maybe oh, yeah, but no, but, but buffalo is is one of the but sorry yeah buffalo is as shitty of a team as they are they're yeah, one of the best fan bases in the league if not the best i i honestly think they're probably the best they that whole buffalo market is fantastic i would say they're probably the best best fan base they always leave the TV, uh, TV rating markets in every fashion. Even in the finals, if they are not even in the playoffs, they are leading <laughs> their team. Just leading the United States. Yeah, their yeah. team sucks. Although, hold on. Well, I mean, I guess we can get to this. Really... They just signed the number one free forward. agent forward in Taylor Hall to a one-year deal. Oh, so, you said, I I you, I thought, yeah, I thought you were going to say Cody Eakin because that was when you said free agent forward. I thought Cody. Eakin. Yeah, he's still on the ice looking for that shot against. They also signed the number one. Human Anvil. And <laughs> they got put on the line together. You, yeah, no, you hold know, on. You I know it's going to happen, right? So I you swear to God, Daily Faceoff, who's a fantastic tool for for looking at lineups and stuff, they projected their lineup. Now that Taylor Hall signed, they projected Dylan Cousins to play right wing with 
uh, Cody Eakin, Dylan Cousins, was their first-round pick last year who's projected to be fantastic. Oof, I feel so fucking bad if I they do so that. I sorry, dude. I, I just – yeah, I would riot if I was Buffalo. There's not a single person that shows that came out and said, hey, I think that's a good, good selection. It's, it's funny because I remember when we traded Cody Eakin to uh, Winnipeg, uh, a lot of Winnipeg fans were like, oh, yeah, we got a capable uh, third-line center or second-line center now. And all the Vegas fans were like, hold your horses there, Winnipeg. Good luck. Oh, good then they luck. played him with Patrick Laine and, and just – yeah, and na- and now uh, a lot of like when Buffalo signed Cody Eakin, it's the Winnipeg fans that says like, "Whoa, hold on there, Bu- uh, Buffalo." <laughs> it's yeah, just so. the, the turntables, man. How the turntables? <laughs> All right, so uh, back to Vegas. Back to Vegas for a second. So we talked about the um, Stasny. Although one thing on Dahlstrom, he has a very cute dog. Don't know if that's going to make him play any better. Yeah, but he's got, no, got a good looking dog. Uh, but he was, I think, two years ago, the AHL Defenseman of the Year. So not trying to say that he has zero chance of making the big club, but he's probably going to be like that. If he is yeah. on the big club, he'll be your seventh D-man, D- or he'll be a call-up. Yeah, he'll, he'll be the, the first he, chance uh, for a call-up. I think he'll leapfrog uh, Bischoff. Uh, yeah, for, I agree. For totem, sure. I, think he, I think he's below uh, Coglin still, though. I, I think so. I think I think right now maybe he's above Coglin since he does have NHL experience. But I think they're gonna they're gonna call up Coglin first because I think they like him a lot more. But, yeah. Also uh, depends and, on who you lose. And, yeah, and he uh, you kind of want to see uh, Coglin's like how he does on the NHL. Do you know if uh, uh, Dahlstrom is a left or right-handed shot? Left. left? Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. Because. The, the, there's a difference there. That's the advantage Coglin has. Yeah. He's Coglin right. has right. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then, so, so to, to wrap that trade up, make no doubt about it. That was the salary dump. It was a yeah. million percent. Like that was not a hockey trade. That was a salary dump. We cleared 6.5 million. Uh, I will say once again, the, the full picture is not there, but Carlo was absolutely correct. I was incorrect when it came to what forward I thought could get moved in a salary dump. Carlo, uh, for reasons of they have high expectations for Cody Glass. I hope it works out. Um, and he made a little bit more and only had one year left. I mean, if you, when you start to put, piece those pieces together, it does make a little bit of sense. And he was older than any of the other forwards that you were looking to move. So I get it. I don't. I still don't love it currently, but let's see what the final outcome is before trying to uh, grade it too much. As I mean, I, long I, as I, Glass I, plays fine, you got nothing to worry about. Yeah, I mean, I got your point too on why he, you don't want to move him because he is like your a uh, trustworthy it's an second line center. It's a, it's a good insurance, but especially would, for a team that thinks that they're going to be a yeah. Stanley Cup contender. Yeah, as I was uh, telling Dave before we all got on and uh, started talking, is that uh, he does have the higher floor than Cody Glass, but I feel like Cody Glass is the higher ceiling. Oh, absolutely, year, I agree. Even I agree. this year, so they. They uh, yeah. so they went for the ceiling play. I think like I, I feel like so. So it, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, so next, I guess the big thing to talk about. Uh, still sitting here at uh, what time is it? Seven thirty on Sunday night. There has been no decision on Alex Pe- uh, Petrangelo, but all indications are he's he's coming to Vegas. So I, going into the off season, it was St. Louis Blues, or he was gonna if he didn't resign with St. Louis, he was gonna talk to. Toronto. Toronto, Vegas, Florida, and um, Colorado. Colorado was sitting there, but they, they, they left right away. Yeah. So for so St. Louis, 
went out and signed Tory Krug before Petrangelo made a decision, which is mm-hmm. another slap in the face to him. But whatever, I'm not going to try to figure out St. Louis's decision. Uh, they signed him to a seven-year, $6.5 million deal, deal. So that takes them out of it. Toronto signed uh, TJ Brody, who was a mm-hmm. defenseman for um, Calgary. Calgary. Signed him, what, five years, $5 million a year? Yeah, or something was it four like that, years, yeah. $5 million? It was $5 million a year, so it was either four or five years. So that takes them completely out of it. Uh, Florida has signed a number of, of players, and they don't have any any real cap space. And they have even come out and said they're not really – they were never in the potential uh, sweepstakes. And then Colorado, same thing. They traded for Brandon Saad. Columbus they're, they're was not, in there too for a bit. but Yeah. So essentially all of his suitors have left except for Vegas. He has so far taken one free agent trip. He's come to Vegas. He came to Vegas on Saturday. No reports whether he went back or not, but he was in town on Sunday. So he could still be in town or he, he could have left. That's not sure. But as it sits right now, throughout the whole day, it looked like a decision was going to be made. But at 7.30 now, one of his players that he our teammates that he used to play with now is a um, – insider for one of the Canadian uh, programs. Yeah. Came out and said that he is not going to make a decision tonight. Uh, I think he's That's... still looking for a house. That's why. Yeah. yeah take a couple of days, look around. Yeah. Take a couple of days, guys, look around. Do you guys think this deal is done except for being inked and announced? I think so. I think uh, they're waiting for it to announce until Vegas makes a cap move to make it you know, maybe because there are the rumors of Schmidt moving. We'll talk about that in a bit. Maybe uh, when Flurry moves, uh, I think they're waiting. I think they're waiting a little bit for that. I don't. Uh, there's no reason to though. So no, while I, I understand no, the, the I, point, I think there is. I think there is why? because if you because if you announce the trade now, they'll be over the cap, and the they know that Vegas needs to clear it, and uh, the teams will will hard bargain Vegas a little bit more. But you don't I think, think the, the GM, knows yeah, you don't think the GMs are smart guess, enough? Yeah. I get I guess so, but if they couldn't find a deal, they can always just back out of the Petriangelo trade and like we we couldn't find a suitor for the other teams uh, uh, to clear cap and they can just, you know, we, 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 we couldn't figure it out. They can always do that. You know. I mean I mean sure, but I I mean I don't, it's not, I don't it's buy not the it best, so much. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the best reason, but I think that's a little bit you know, I, I couldn't think of any anything else on why he delay it. Maybe Petriangelo is just really taking his time and thinking about it. That could be it. It's his first move of his four, career, so yeah, he's got four young kids. He was drafted by St. Louis. He was their captain. He's also probably going in. Um, Jeremy Rutherford writes for the Athletic. Uh, he had a um, article last night, essentially saying that that Petrangelo acknowledged that he was caught off guard by the fact that that they signed Tory Krug so it's not it's probably a lot that he's having to figure out he once again he was their captain he brought them their first uh Stanley Cup and how long were they in the league from 67 67 is last time they won yeah but not no no they didn't win in 67 they were a uh they were expansion expansion. team in 67 oh Oh, I thought you were talking about something else no I thought you were talking about something else sorry just real quick Um, here um so I heard Toronto so real quick the, the guy who said that Alex Petrangelo would not be signing tonight was also the guy that yesterday said that he'd spend the day evaluating his options and isn't expected to make a decision, which is technically true, but said nothing about the fact that the dude was... Well, he decided to wait two more days. Yeah, so, I mean, who knows? But, but yeah, it sounds like they're 
you, you said, Eric, that they used to be on a team together, right? Yeah, they were teammates. Um, so I don't know what, what years he would have played for St. Louis. But so, so once again, Petrangelo has only only ever worn a Blues jersey. He was their captain. He lifted a Stanley Cup there, the first Stanley Cup ever. So it's a lot for him to just go, oh, hey, guess what? St. Louis told me to fuck off. And as it played out, I mean, St. Louis definitely did not treat him well. I mean, we, we can talk to our buddy from Blues Notes podcast again about that, but they traded for Justin Falk, gave him an extension. Traded for Marco Scandella, gave him an extension. Kept saying, oh, well, we'll figure you out at the offseason. And then never wanted him to agree to a deal with not having any idea of the structure. So it was not a uh, – they probably didn't do right by him, I would say. And then they signed Tory Krug while he was still making a decision. So instead of being able to make a decision, they've told him, hey, you flew to Vegas, good luck, you're there. And I think yeah. that's kind of what it looks like it's going to be. So, yeah, so the guy we're talking about who's a teammate of uh, Petriangelo is Carlo Coliacolo. Uh, yeah. Uh, we have the same name, except he's using the less superior C. But, yeah, they've been teammates for a, lo- a long time, and he has they, – they text at each other every day, so he knows exactly a lot of what Petriangelo is thinking right now. Yeah, and he might – you know, one reason why he might be a little bit off on what he's been saying is because he probably took a few two punches – because he was a fighter. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like I, I, I'm not sure if uh, Petriangelo is telling him everything, but he's telling him the most out of all the insiders, I think, because they are very close friends. Like, uh, there was an interview. Uh, he went in the insider show with Ryan and Darren. Uh, he said they're consider each other best friends or something like that. And they, they tell each other like everything. So if, if you guys want to follow this Petriangelo saga, he's the guy you should follow <clears throat> on uh on Twitter. So on the good news, when you do listen to this Monday morning, it's not going to be so terribly outdated. We actually pushed recording the podcast to late, hopefully hoping that something would happen. It just turns out that there was a whole bunch of drama that nothing. So that kind of puts a bow on the Petrangelo. We're just waiting at some point. It's going to get signed. The reports are seven years by 8.25. There's going to be no trade clause, no movement protection. There's going to be all sorts of things. It's going to be uh, bonus laden. It's going to be back in. It's going to be buyout pr- protected. It's going to be all sorts of things. He's going to get whatever he wants because he is the number one free agent on the market. I get it. And no he's problem. a top five defenseman. And you, and you know that after we're done recording this, the news is going to break, and that's it, it's that's obviously going to happen. I just don't think so. I think, yeah, I think I Monday it won't happen. So then the next big news of the day. So obviously, if you're bringing him in, uh, you have to clear more cap space. So as of this second right now, uh, Vegas currently has $1.875 million of cap space. 1.8, almost 1.9 million. So Petrangelo is going to cost 8.25. So essentially you are over at that point. So you got to start clearing space. You're over 6 million and that gets you uh, still not a full roster. Um, So trades are going to have to happen. The big report, Multiple times, there was a report that Nate Schmidt got traded to Winnipeg. Then there was a report that Nate Schmidt got traded to Florida. Then there was a report Nate Schmidt hasn't been traded to either. Calm the fuck down. So where we're at currently, once again, at 730 at night, Nate Schmidt hasn't been traded. But it sounds like Nate Schmidt is going to be the next name traded, which is, to me, disappointing. I wish they would have been able to make it work with moving the Martinez money versus the Schmidt money. I understand it, but... It's uh, go all the all my dreams of having an elite, elite, elite top four D group with McNabb, Schmidt, Petrangelo, and Theodore. Theodore. 
going out the window because sounds like Schmidt is getting moved. So all the people that were complaining, me included, about Nate Schmidt's uh, turnovers, guess what? You'll get to watch him on a different team because it sounds like he's moving, and that kind of sucks. So. Yeah, because it, it does make a little sense because he does he is making six million, and I also think that there's a lot more uh, suitors for Nate Schmidt compared to Alec Martinez, and he's much easier to move. You're also probably going to get a, 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 a bit more in return for Nate Schmidt since he does have term. I agree with that. Uh, so, so that's it. That because it's five point nine, five point nine five, which is basically six million. I'm just going to round it up to six million. Yep. I'm not gonna see all those numbers every time I say it, but that's gonna give us close, get us closer to what Petriangelo uh, is asking for, because that's gonna put us about what eight million, close, close to eight million. Eight point six. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have eight point six, you use eight point two of it. You still need to sign an additional D man and an additional forward. It just the money doesn't work. You have to. You still will have to make another trade, whether it's Martinez that goes out. Or whether it's Flurry that goes out, or whether it's somebody not, making four million dollars, I don't know what your next next line of thinking is after that. That's what's really crazy about it. I'm is. not I'm not a fan of moving another de- uh, defenseman or forward because uh, I was telling Dave earlier is that we move we move Stastny, we replace we have a replacement for him, Cody Glass. Technically, it's a, technically it's a little downgrade, but it does have a higher ceiling as we were saying earlier. If we move Schmidt, we are replacing him with Petriangelo, right? Yep. If we move Flurry, Lenners are starting goalie, so we're just going to yep. replace him with backup. If we move another defenseman or forward, we don't have a replacement for those guys. Let's trade Merrill for or trade Holden for Merrill one for one. <laughs> that that only saves you nine hundred thousand. It still doesn't. Yeah, but also sucks. That helps though. Teams cannot trade players; they just sign until Jan yeah. or well, technically mid part of the year anyway. So yeah, you couldn't like trade that. for Merrill. Well, it's technically yeah, a part of any other season. So, yeah, um, <laughs> well, yeah the, the, technically. So, I agree, Carlo, completely. I, you guys have known my stance on this. If you're trading a D man and another player, I wanted it to be Martinez and Flurry because, once again, you already built your replacements in. Pedro comes in for Martinez. You have Leonard over Flurry. I get all that. The thing that sucks about it is, by all indications, the flurry camp or the teams are holding Vegas to the fire saying, Hey, no, you are trading us a prospect and a high round pick to, to take any sort of salary off you for, for flurry. So I think at this point, Vegas is that's where the Schmidt talk came in to where they pivoted now, instead of being able to say, okay, we'll move flurry and Martinez. I think they're going to move Schmidt and somebody else. And I think Fleury is going to be on this team, not just because Bill Foley said he would like to do it that way. I think it's because the rest of the league told him, told Vegas to go fuck themselves, said, hey, you bent us over a barrel, the expansion draft. You are the ones that signed him to this deal. Go fuck yourself. Give us a first and a top prospect or enjoy him on your team. And I think Vegas is going to have to enjoy him on their team. And it's not even the team that wants Fleury. It's the it's – the, it's the third team that we need to launder salary on flurry that doesn't want to do it because uh there there were uh rumors that there are teams i was interested in flurry like carolina was in there uh, minnesota was in there but they just couldn't uh oh that, and that's full, that's that's the other the thing as, as we sit here at, at sunday night there's only like two landing spots left for him mm-hmm. even at a at a discounted salary there's only 
Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh and Carolina, Carolina, everybody else. So yeah, like you said, it came to the laundering part and the laundering part. I just, because it's two years, I think that's what's so hard about it because Patrick Marlowe got traded with one year left. It cost them a first round pick to trade Patrick Marlowe at $5 million at one year. Imagine, Imagine picking somebody up for two years. Like that's, so even if you think you're a bottom feeder team, you have to know that you're going to be a bad team next year too. Otherwise you don't want 3.5 million of dead cap. Why wouldn't they have just bought him out? Um, I, God, I, it's, I think it, full, it, here's the thing in order to get a buyout, I'll, I'll give my opinion. Then I'll let you make yours, Carla. I apologize. In great. my opinion, every GM that you ever heard that was that talks, whether it be Brian Burke or anybody that used to be a GM, they all say in order to do a buyout, you have to go and talk to your owner and say, Hey, I know you said yes to signing to this three year, $7 million deal. And you agreed to it. And I told you it was going to be great, but now I have to come to you and say, Hey, well, it's not good anymore. One year in, we have to buy them out for the last two years. The owners, especially with the interview that Foley just gave to, to Dave Shane of the review journal, Foley's not going to say yes to a buyout. He's not going to pay him dead cap for two years, five million or whatever it is, $3 million. It's going to be four years. That's the thing yeah. about it. And then there's two because, more years beyond it. Yeah. yeah. It sucks. That's what I was going to say, because a lot of GMs doesn't also want to do buy it, especially when there's just still some term left in the contract It's because you double the length of that term to, to, to stay in your, uh, in your buyout contract. Because if you buy a flurry now, uh, you're going to, uh, you're going to get some relief this year. Yes. But it's going to linger for four years. It's going to, you're going to have that $2 million of dead cap for two extra years. And I don't think the GM, uh, the Mac GMs are into that. So they'll buy them and out. I think it's another part of it. Yeah. To buy them out. Yeah. Like at next off season, then we'll probably see him bought out then. Yeah. You can, you can do that. You could probably trade him to Seattle. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's much easier to buy. It's much easier to swallow a buyout next season because it's only gonna carry over to the season after. Yeah, it would come down considerably. Yeah. So, um, it would cost them. So they owe him fourteen million dollars. Mm-hmm. So you have to pay of, all that of, of real real. No, you don't actually have to pay that. If you buy him out, you have to. So I just did it. So Cap Friendly has a fantastic buyout simulator. So if you buy him out, you have to pay him eight point three million dollars, eight point three 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 uh, million dollars. So you you save actual money there, but he's not on your team anymore. So you instead of having him for the two years and paying him fourteen million, and maybe he gets you some wins, you don't have him on your team anymore. And now your cap savings. So the first year you save four point four million, but you still have two point five eight million dollars of dead cap. So instead of having an eighty one point five million dollar cap, now you have a seventy nine million dollar cap. It just that's how it works. Next year you lose three million, so it's going to be a flat cap again. So now you have a seventy eight point five million dollar cap instead of eighty one point five. And then the final two years, when he's wouldn't have been on your cap anymore. You lose 2 million in cap space. So now it's 79.5 and 79.5, assuming the cap doesn't rise. So it's just, I can't imagine fully telling McPhee. Oh yeah. Okay. I agreed to the, to the rich deal. And now you want me to buy it out. I, I think he's either getting traded or staying on this team. And at this point I would guess staying on this team. Yeah. So who else could they even move out? <laughs> so once again, you, you got to look at, at people that make at least $3 million. So not that it's the, the best thing in the world, but if you look down your, your roster, somebody that has to make more than $3 because you got to clear two. So if you're trading somebody out and bringing somebody in cheap, you got to, once again, 
So three million. Yeah. So oh, you have that up right there. I was just gonna go pull it up. Yeah. So it's Riley Smith. Do you want to trade him? Nope. God no. Uh, Jonathan Marshall. I mean, I you don't really want to trade him at this point. Alex Tuck. Nope. No oh, hell no. Carlson. God no. Pacioretty. Uh, I mean, he he just led our team in in points, goals, goals. and points. And then Mark Stone, obviously you're not doing that. So then you go down to your defenseman. I think you can stomach Martinez more than anybody else. If you can't trade Flurry, I think you can stomach Martinez. And I think that's the next move. Because I think you could probably get a mid-round pick from Boston or Florida or Winnipeg. You can get a mid-round pick for him because it's one year, $4 million. He'll help a team immediately. I think Martinez is the most logical choice if you can't well, move Flurry. Also, this is, this is if uh... – Petriangelo is signing for 8.2. If he signs for less, we don't have to move as much. You but don't have I, to move I, as much, but you still have to move yeah. something. I mean, oh, are yeah. you saying move Schmidt and Martinez in that case? No, that, that's what. Of... If you can't move Flurry, you're going to have to move two roster players. So I, I don't care how you guys figure it out. Unfortunately, we've already learned that Schmidt is going to be one of those roster players. So now you have to clear $4 million. So here's why, okay, guys? So NHL, you you play 12 forwards and six defensemen and two goalies. Every day, that's what you dress. You dress 20 players. So could you technically go into a game day with 12 forwards, six defensemen, and two goalies? Yes, technically you could. But if you don't have anybody that's healthy scratched and somebody and you're on a road trip and somebody gets sick and the player can't play, food poisoning, stubs their toe, cuts themselves, whatever it is, and they can't play the game, you can't get somebody there fast enough if it happens right before the game and and put somebody on. You would have to do cap gymnastics. You would have to put players on IR every time they got injured. So it just you have to ha- be able to run a roster of at least 13 forwards and at least seven defensemen for road trips and everything like that. So you guys, yeah. once again, I'll let you talk about how you want to get there, but assume Nate Schmidt's gone, find $4 million somewhere else. It's- yeah, because right now we have – uh, twelve seven because Dahlstrom is in in the majors uh, cap right now, and then we have two uh, two uh, goalies. Uh, we don't have John Merrill anymore that can fill in both positions, so we need that thirteenth forward. We need to sign a thirteenth forward. Yeah, so. and and what? But so, but back to what we were saying. I get that you guys don't want to trade Nate Schmidt and Alec Martinez. I'm not saying you should, but. Here's what I will say. Up until the trade deadline, we did not have Alec Martinez. So if you look pre-trade deadline, your your D roster, which was still in a playoff spot, and you move Schmidt out and put Angelo in, you're probably going to be better. So I think Martinez is the most stomachable. I think it's the most palatable over can, anybody else. And you could probably plug in Haig there, and then we still have a Holden to plug in. Yep. So we'll we'll be a little bit uh, in a in a fine spot, but I still prefer not to move. In a, I I think we we move. I this is my ideal move is to move Flurry. Flurry, I think is correct. Everybody a, agrees a with big, that. But if you can't, yeah, move, cannot, so what do you do? Yeah. So yeah, what, what do you do if you can't move Flurry? We we understand that, Carlo. If you can't move Flurry, it's, it, though, it's Nate. I don't want to move any more of the forwards because it's got it's got to be it, Nate, it has, Nate and Alec, be, right? Could be yeah, it had to be Alec because you could move McNabb maybe, but his contract is so good. I don't want to move that. Nope. And he, yeah. and he does. I think he's he's very underrated. He's younger. He's got a better contract. 
he's he's got two years left versus the one year left. Alec Martinez, yeah, he, he came in and fit in beautifully. I don't want to trade him, but unfortunately, you're going to have to if if you can't move Flurry, and it'll be interesting. I how is this how is this fan base going to react if you got Flurry on the bench? I don't know. I guess they would just play every other probably and move. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it'd be, he'd play one out of three. Especially in this other. condensed schedule. I think we had already talked about this. It's, it's going to help us if we do have both of them as yeah. well when there's a two uh, with a condensed schedule like this. All right. So, so just hypothetically say that they move, say Schmidt and Martinez, and then they bring up, you know, Haig and obviously they got Petro and they'd still be, then they have to play. They have Dulce. They'll probably have Dal. Yeah, they'll play Holden. It'll probably be Dalstrom's going to be the seventh. Yeah, so, so say that's that's why they did that part of the move. Like hypothetically, that would leave us with at least what between three and four million dollars in cap space on a given night, unless there was an injury and they had to call somebody up. Yeah. So well, or or they use that for a good forward. Yeah. You're right, right, right. forward. Yeah. But let me let me go with my hypothetical here real quick. So say that they keep the forward roster the same for now. My, and they replaced Glass with Stastny. And then, oh, God, I know where you're going. Go ahead. So by the trade deadline, they would have accrued a shitload of cap space again. Yes. So that maybe that's their play, too, is they go and grab a forward at the deadline. Oh, I thought you were, I thought you were going down the rabbit hole saying they should trade for Taylor Hall at the deadline. No, I, thought you, I thought you were getting there for sure. No, no, no. Not, oh, not no, 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 not Taylor Hall. It's the other Buffalo forward. We're trading for Eichel. Well, I mean, anybody. <laughs> but no, I mean, there's a zero percent chance. At the deadline, there will be some players available, and they will be whenever, if there's a deadline. I mean, I don't know how this, this will work. And this team loves deadline moves, man. But but that's, Every year that's they is is you can get this team to continue to be a playoff run contender with the roster that they'd have plus Petrangelo, in my opinion. So if you have enough, if you if you have the ability to gain that space throughout the season to get something at the deadline that would make you a real true full-on cup contender. Maybe that that's their, their angle now. I don't know. I'm just grasping for straws here. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, like, I'm glad that there are people smarter than I am to actually make these decisions because man. Oh, I would suck at this as a real job. Yeah. Yeah, I play a lot of uh, initial franchise modes, but nah, I have no, like, if I mess up, I just start over the game. <laughs> it's like, oh, my team sucks. I just start. This is like real life, like, you know, they, they, they have a lot at stake here. So it's it's a lot of pressure on them. I think they'll figure it out. I think these two are pretty, uh, I think George McPhee and Kelly McCribbin are really good general managers. Uh, they assembled this really good team out of nowhere. So I, I trust them a little bit. I know a lot of fan base don't. Uh, a lot of our fan base don't, but I do trust them. Now, well, now I'm just. It, <laughs> the funny part now is that because that the one guy from TSN said the that Petrangelo is taking a couple more days to you know finalize or think about or whatever it is, we're just you know getting people off the scent trail. If you go and look at Twitter, everybody's like, "Oh, he's he's going here, or he's going there," and they're just convinced yeah. it's going to be their team now. So I just did, did it real quick for you. Okay. So if you, to, to go on what you uh, talked about, um, AJ. So if you went with 13 forwards and seven defensemen and you just traded Schmidt and Martinez and you filled in your two healthy scratches as 
companies. Uh, Nick Haig and Jack Dugan, just people that are making less than a million dollars, right? And you still have the two uh, forwards. So your uh, first line is Petretti, Carlson, Stone, or I guess Petretti, Glass, Glass Stone. Yeah, yeah you're going to go. Then your second line, Marshall, Carlson, Smith. Uh, third line is going to be some sort of combination of Alex Tuck, Nick Wash, Chandler Stevenson. Fourth line of Nosick, uh, Carrier, and Reeves. And then you obviously, you, you know, your D, uh, however you want to pair them, but it's going to be Haig, Holden, McNabb, Petrangelo, uh, White Cloud, and Theodore. Your two scratches, once again, are just people not making anything. That gives you a roster of 22, and it gives you a cap hit of 79.6 with the overages that they split. So you've got $1.8 million in cap space at that point. See, that's, a, that's some good wiggle room there. Can you, about 5. You know, Patrick Brown just to hang out. Well, and then 5.8 by deadline if that didn't fluctuate all that much. 1.8 turns to 5.8? Yep. Okay. So Because that, that happens to be the exact amount of space we have right now. So on cap friendly, you can see that. Oh, it shows. Okay. Fair enough. Cool. So, I mean, that, that lets you do a lot, obviously, or more. A little bit of play money there. Yeah. More, more than um, expected. So I, I, not that I love it. I think those are the moves. I mean, I think, I think Flurry has for, forced their hand, unfortunately. And I also don't think that they want to stomach what the reports are, right? That they've been, they dangled a second. Everybody told them to go fuck themselves. So at that point, if, if a second doesn't get you there, well, now you got to figure out, do you really want to do it? And I don't think they do. They, they're not going to part with, with what they've built just for that. I think like everybody talked about, let them play once every three three games. Maybe he has a good year, and maybe you can trade him next year for more. Or if you have to buy him out next year, it's much, much more palatable. Or if you have to trade him next year, you could trade him with a, a high second and be okay with it because the year is already over. So I think I, I think he's going to be on the team. So everybody that has a flurry jersey, you're in luck. And, and if Leonard gets injured, that's yep. probably the best. Yeah, exactly. And that's what the and that's what they talked about and why they got Leonard is to uh, for security. If their goalie gets hurt, they didn't have any. Yeah, they, they just do. didn't say which goalie getting hurt and which yeah, one. Exactly. <laughs> and both Flurry and Leonard have come out and said that they get along really well. They have no hard feelings or anything. So I think a lot of this has been trumped up in media. media. Yeah, it's media's built a lot more than it has inside that room. I think Alan Walsh has, has whatever. And once again, I don't know that Flurry wants to leave. He so. Well, did you see what Foley said about about the Alan Walsh picture in that article? In, in that I, article? I did not. What did it say? He mentioned he's like, yeah. So apparently, as soon as that happened, um, uh, Marchi walked up to Flurry in the locker room and asked every or asked him just point blank, "Are you on the injured reserve list now?" And everybody in the locker room just started dying. <laughs> So apparently, care about it. Like, so maybe it really was like Flurry just casually mentioned, "Oh, well, I'm not really like starting right now." And Walsh, if he just went and did that, and Flurry wasn't gonna say, "Oh, well, he's a dick. I'm gonna fire him." He just said, "Yeah, well, yeah," because those two guys are really close. He's not gonna fire him. They're like been friends for de- for over a decade. So no, yeah, he signed him. with them when he was like yeah. sixteen or seventeen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was. Yeah. He invites him to Thanksgivings. He he's like family. He wasn't I, firing him. I really think a lot of the drama has just been stirred up by the media. I think that it's the locker room is fine after that. I think he just stayed up because I didn't think Flurry thought it was a big deal. And then when the media and people pressured him to take it down, he he did it. You know, I I didn't I, I didn't think Flurry 
you know, it, it was just, I think Flurry just saw it as Walsh being Walsh, but everybody protecting else saw it as his player. Yeah, yeah. protecting well, his player. Like he was just protecting. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, yeah, like I said, I think it was all in the media. Like I, I think I don't think there was a lot, not a lot of bad blood between and, and I'm fine. Management like, or flurry because of that. If if we can't move him, then we can't move him, and he's going to he's going to be at least semi reliable as a as a he'll be the best backup in the NHL. He won't be semi reliable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let, let's let's. Yes, he had a down year. I get that, and everybody now is super high on, on Leonard. I'm definitely higher on Leonard than I am on Flurry. But yeah. that would give you the best goalie tandem in the league, bar none, like, no questions. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. better than Bishop and Hudobin. It's better than uh, Allen and um, Price. It's better than I don't even uh, know who St. Louis' Rask, backup Rask is. Raskin Halak. Raskin Halak would be another good oh, one. Yeah. But but be careful of the the PTSD tandem of Holtby and Demko because oh, that's right. <laughs> that's flashbacks. <laughs> if Alex Tuck has to play either of those, man, he won't get a shot through. Yeah, exactly. It's He'll lift the puck so high. It'll go over the net. It's a, it's a, the, the Vancouver Canucks came back after losing to Vegas and they're like, we're going to make the most Vegas killing team possible. It's, they're it's like, all right, you guys are just going to have flashbacks the whole game. They're going to go sign Pierre Edward Bellamare before the end of the <laughs> Yeah. Oh, he's still available. I would love him to be our 13th forward. Yeah. Well, we'll sign him for league minimum. Yeah, exactly. I'm surprised he's still in the market, right? Is he still in the market? Yeah, he hasn't been signed, but I mean, it's look. He, yeah, he'll be back with Colorado. I bet. I agree. So, Colorado's taking their sweet ass time, and I'm wondering why. So here's what's really crazy. Not to get, we're not going to be as an avalanche podcast by any stretch of the imagination. But if you offered Taylor Hall one year at six point five million, and he signs in Buffalo for one year at eight million, so you're missing one point five million dollars on who could possibly bring you a Stanley Cup. I have no idea why they wouldn't just give him the extra one point five. You know, you know what the theory was on Twitter today is that he um, he w- he wanted to go to Buffalo because Eichel will completely. Elmer is not a free agent. He signed this year for one point eight. Well, oh, thank you. So, so yeah, uh, so Hall is going to Buffalo to to boost his points, to boost his value, to then go and get a contract. Which, which actually makes sense because he would not get as many minutes in Colorado because they're yep. stacked. Because Whereas he can gonna, go to Buffalo and he's going to play 22 minutes a, a night, play power play one as long as he wants to play. I agree with that. I mean, and and, and, give, and Colorado will give a first in the at the trade deadline for him. I, uh, I think Colorado's going to go after Hoffman now. I think. Yeah. Uh, no, because they just traded for Saad. They're not going after another another big guy. I don't think. Yeah. So That's it'll be good. interesting. Uh, we want to do uh, the around the NHL now. Or are we? Uh, uh, he, well, he, he, we can just I go guess we, let, let, Well, let's talk about our uh, our ex-Golden Knights that signed elsewhere. So Merrill signed with Detroit back home. He's a Michigan guy. Good for him. Uh, happy Cousins, for him, dude. I'm gonna super him. happy for him. He, he, I wanted him to stay here. I loved him. He just didn't have a spot. Now, obviously, if we're trading fucking two defensemen, he might have had a spot. So whatever. Don't need to get into that. Uh, Nick Cousins, who turned out to be a true rental. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he first went signed for right? Nashville. Yeah. At a, first, yeah. first actual true yeah. rental. Yeah, yeah. People say um, Tatar got value back from Tatar. You got, yeah, not it wasn't a rental. And then uh, Derek England will not be back. They've already announced that. Scott, our uh, our Vegas Gold Knight insider, gave that to us about three days after it was reported by Kelly McCrimmon. <laughs> so that, thank you for that one. <laughs> that was so funny. That was this morning, wasn't it? Yeah, that was this yeah, morning. It was, it was reported like three days ago. He's not it's coming like, back. And then this morning, like, Scott's no, like, no, I, no, I he's like. He's like, he's, I'm like exactly, 
Is that there's uh, there there's uh, there reports. reports and I'm like, yeah, straight from our general manager. <laughs> and he's like, well, oh shit, well there you go. <laughs> yeah. um, and then looking at filling out the Henderson roster, uh, so Jimmy Schultz came back, Reed Dukes came back, uh, both at two way deals, super small deals, and then we signed two players that I could not pick out of a uh, room of one. I don't even know O'Regan's first name. What was his first name, Dave? Reagan. Uh, I know. See? Okay, so nobody knows his first name. And, oh, well, okay, like, you know Jerko's first name. What's Jerko's first name? Jerko. What's his first name? Jerko. Uh, okay, here, 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 here. I don't, I don't remember. Jerko, Jerko. It's Tomas. It's Tomas Jerko. And Danny O'Regan. We got two Tomases. Two Tomases. And Danny O'Regan. Okay, so uh, those are just depth players. They're not going to be yeah. much, guys. Don't don't worry about that. If you, if there is an AHL season and you can go or can watch it, you'll get to see them in a Henderson Silver Knights jersey. We did we did uh, brush off a little uh, of the news though. Is uh, we we lost uh, the legend uh, Brett Lernout, uh, <laughs> unfortunately. You are aware how many people like less people know who Brett Lernout <laughs> is versus how many people knew what the hell you were talking about when you were talking about video games. So. <laughs> And then uh, Keegan Colasar still hasn't signed his qualifying offer, though. He did get qualified. It, but he's not uh, – I don't think he's arbitration. He doesn't eligible, have arbitration, so. no. He does not so have he, yeah, arbitration. He'll either play with us or, or go somewhere else. So, um, no, I mean – no, he, we have rights for him. He's, if he doesn't – I'm overseas. Oh, yeah, overseas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, do you guys want me to rapid-fire this or do we want to do – Go for it. you want to rapid-fire the news around the league? Who yeah, wants right. to do it? Do you want a true champion's perspective? Well, come on over to the Bolts broadcast, where we talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning, have some friendly banter, and of course, hockey name of the day. If you pronounce it, you can get it. Anthony Nunschwander. Ah, you didn't pronounce it right. Anthony? Anthony Nunschwander. It's it's N-E-U-E-N. It's Neunschwander. Anthony Neunschwander. Dude, I always slept in German class, so I don't know... I don't know how you expected me to put that together. Come on. You only took it for four years. I took it for two. Took it for two years? Oh, no. Jado yeah. took it that long. I, I took it for two years and was, like, asleep in all of German, too. Oh, you, you, you only took it in, in uh, junior high. You didn't take yeah. it in high school at all. No. Yeah, she sent us across the hallway, and it was, like, me and i don't know five other people and all we did was just goof off because it was an empty room of just us while she was too busy yelling at you guys because you guys were a terrible class <laughs> no uh, we weren't a terrible class a couple people were terrible people uh not gonna you. mention names not gonna call it anybody in this pot it was chase crawshaw it was 100 percent <laughs> not me oh boy i know a couple of those names but uh yeah it's a good point chase we won't mention those here new episodes every monday only on the Hockey Podcast Network. All right, guys. So to wrap up a little bit of the news around the league, I'm sure we missed some of these, but here are the big ones. So uh, Jacob Markstrom went from Vancouver to Calgary. Calgary essentially stole most of the um, Vancouver. Vancouver yeah, UFAs. Uh, we talked about it a little bit. Holtby went uh, from Washington to Vancouver. Uh, Dubnik got traded to San Jose. <laughs> I can't even get through that without laughing. I apologize. Martin Jones just, and Devin Dubnik as a as a pair, legit. They're, they're like why? the 60th and 61st best goalies in the league, and they're on a team as the starter and the backup. It's amazing to me. And their defensemen are like not the best. It's going to be so bad. Uh, oh I'm excited to watch them this season. Oh my god! It's I'm not gonna lie. Like, uh, 
Chicago is essentially now, after making the playoffs, tearing it down, which is pretty oh, impressive. Dude. They they Zuban. let Corey Crawford walk. He's going to New Jersey, and they're going to go with Subban and Delia. I think is the other goal. Yeah, I'm happy for so Subban though to finally get a shot. But in front of that defense, that's going to be so bad. Hey man, um, the, probably the biggest and strangest deal. Matt Murray got traded to Ottawa. Now, it wasn't a big trade. It was like a fourth or fifth round pick, right, Dave? It wasn't anything too big. I don't know. Engine. Okay. It was a mid-round, uh, mid-round pick, but they signed him for $6.25 million. He signed for more than Jacob Markstrom. More than Robin Leonard. More, more than, than Robin Leonard. More than all these goalies. More than yeah. uh, Holtby. Yeah. More than every single one of these goalies, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. What the I hell? Don't, I don't know. Yeah, they that, need that... to hit the cap floor. As I said, they need to hit the cap floor. They have to pay. But they gave over a four-year deal. And and they didn't even uh, they didn't pay the uh, Claire. They let the Claire walk. <laughs> I I don't get that. Like I I don't get anything about that. Nope. Because they're such a cheap ass about paying people, but then they're like, let's pay this goalie who's like no no because they have to hit the cap floor. Stanley Cup series like an entire playoff Stanley Cup run alone. Let's pay him a shitload of money. Like that, that made no sense. Uh, then to try to finish up, uh, Talbot went to Minnesota, so that took Minnesota out of the flurry sweepstakes. Lundqvist went to DC. There was rumors of him coming here. Obviously, we still have two goalies, so that's not going to happen. Uh, we talked about Subban getting starter time in Chicago, and then the Taylor Hall to uh, Buffalo. Cody Eakin's new teammate, which is pretty impressive. Cody Eakin, Buffalo. Oh, didn't he get? It's going to happen. Didn't he get like two points on a million too? Yeah, they have 2.2 AAV. Yeah, they paid him way too much. But uh, there were a couple teams I thought that made some really good savvy savvy moves. New Jersey made some really good moves. And Detroit, we will let Dave, our resident Detroit insider, talk about the Detroit moves. But they actually, I thought Merrill was a good signing for him. Um, Bobby Ryan was a good signing. Who else did they sign? There was another one, wasn't there, Dave? Uh, Nemeskov. Yeah, they made some good moves. I thought. I mean, I, I think one another, another thing you brushed off is the uh, Tyler uh, Tyler Johnson getting waived. Oh and, shit, that was uh, wrong. Tampa, right. Yeah, and, and then Tampa Bay not having the cap room to uh, offer their restricted free agents, so offer sheets might happen, and Tampa Bay can't match those offer sheets because they don't have any cap room. That's now, the situation they're at right now. Dave, you would know this better. Do you think Eiserman would do that to his previous team? Do you think he would offer sheet him? Dude, it, it, it's such a good old boys network with the GMs. I don't I just don't see it. Nah, man. Come I on. Mean, it's happened like once every what six years. I just want to someone has to offer sheets to rally, man, or they're cowards. Offer but, can, but can you even count last year's offer sheet as as one because it was such a bad offer sheet? Like yeah, it was Carolina bad. was that Aho? Yeah, Carolina jokingly said, We're gonna match it, but we're gonna go ahead and hold your money for a week. Like <laughs> About immediately and said we're matching that, but we're doing it until the very last time. Wasn't it like, uh, less than the Carolina deal would have ended up if he had just like gone to arbitration or whatever? Yeah, the, the, essentially Montreal did the the um, negotiating for for uh, Carolina. It made no sense. But I would I, I know you say no, Dave, but I would love to see no, he, Detroit offer sheet Sergachev. I just want the barn. Here's what they're doing though. If I can finish, yes, yes. Um, is that they're only signing one? One year and two year deals, big time because all these draft picks come up. Be ready in three or four years. They're just bridging the next couple of years. Yeah. Okay. So, 
here's here's what I think a, t- a team needs to do: offer Sorelli uh, or Sergachev five million dollar contract. Tampa can match it; they cannot match it at all because they don't have space. You but have so- to give up a first round pick and a third round pick, but you get. A Sorelli or or a Sergeyev, but they will be able to match that because they'll, no, because they'll they attach. Space. A, okay, but they'll attach a first round pick to Kevin Johnson and trade him out somewhere. Yeah, but so yes, that's going to be a des- that's a desperate move. If they can't do that, if no team's going to take that t- uh, that Johnson contract, they can't match it. I mean, right now in their situation, currently right now, if they can't make any moves, they cannot yeah, it's, match. It's the tough. Hey, I, I'm for them. Imagine if they were going through all this and they hadn't won the cup. Good for them for winning yeah. the cup. Yeah, now they're just oh. like, eh, whatever. And the one other thing that we didn't talk about that the rumor was out there, I guess we don't even need to get into it because we're signing Pet- Petrangelo, so it doesn't matter. I was going to say the, the Stamkos rumor coming here, but that, yeah. it's it's so so far-fetched at this point. So Sources say the Seattle Seahawks are now in the Alex Petrangelo sweepstakes. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, who said that? <laughs> Well, they, they're losing. They're about to lose right now. So, <laughs> so, all right. Well, uh, any final thoughts on this? Uh, kind of go around the room, Dave. No, not much. AJ. Uh, I, I guess let's let's find out what happens this week. That's my final thought. Carlo. Uh, I'll I'll Sorelli, you cowards. Any, <laughs> uh, any any final thoughts on the team that we actually try to pretend to talk about? Uh, I'll shit Sorelli, you cowards. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a no. Uh, like I said earlier, just just wait for the full picture. I think it'll be uh it'll be interesting to see what the full picture is because you can't just look next, at my next podcast. I bet you there's the full picture is going to be. I th- I think we'll have the full picture by the middle of the week. Yeah. yeah. Well, all right. All I right. think. Uh, any any last other thoughts for you, Eric? No, other than just waiting for the full picture. Hopefully, we uh, hopefully we hear something tomorrow. I'd love to get uh, Petrangelo wrapped up, and then obviously f- figure out what the trade is. Like I said, the Schmidt. I, I hate to lose him. I know he's going to be a fan a fan favorite that's, that's moving, but that uh, sucks. But Petrangelo is better, so I guess I'll be yeah. happy with that. Regard. And it's for the people arguing that it, there's that they're about the same. No, there's no question that Petrangelo. No, it's not even close. Like they're like somebody. There's like people arguing that it's like no, no, like go, no, no, it's not even close. So, on that note, thanks everybody for listening to episode 13. We'll be back next week with hopefully some really good news on this whole situation. And so yeah, till next week. Thanks everyone. Offer sheets, Sir Ellie, you cowards. <laughs> <laughs>